Welcome back to Bottled Water, everybody. The podcast. Episode two. I have got a good one for you. We have a great person sitting in the backstage right now. His name is TJ Allard. And if you don't know who that is, he produces The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Let me tell you, that show is just crazy. There is so much that goes on in The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. And we are going to talk to the man that produces it right now. Hey! Hey, welcome! <laughs> Thank you. I always get scared when that happens. I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> God, God, I'm like, <laughs> thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being on. This is this sure. is a great opportunity. Second episode of the podcast, and I've got the producer of the well, Secret of, of Skinwalker. Right? One of them, yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, so, how does that work? Because you you watch a show, and there's like 42 producers. <laughs> Yes, there is. Uh, or yes, there are, I guess. Yeah, so the way this this works, so I'm an uh, executive producer, and I'm mm-hmm. not involved in the day-to-day. I haven't been out there in a couple of years now, uh, but I'm uh, the one who kind of got it off the ground, got it started, yeah. and, uh, you know, made it, basically brought it to the to TV. And uh, okay. so I don't, but I don't, in, I'm not involved in the, the day-to-day anything of it. That's Prometheus, mm-hmm. that's those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, Joe Lassard, he's awesome. You know, these guys are great. They're, they're kicking butt with that show. And, uh, but yeah, like I am out there, you know, I'm a, I, I push, do as much PR as I can. I kind of spread the word, you know, grassroots style and, uh, you know, try to make sure that the community knows we're available and people can, um, you know, it's, it's accessible. It's not, very, it's not, you know, trying to be like, oh, we don't want to talk to the audience. No, of course we do. We want yeah. the audience. We want interaction. So, right. And that's what I try to at least maintain that, that connection if I can. So That's awesome. So when, what got you to think I need to do this show? <laughs> that's a, that's a great question because uh, it's, it's very specific actually. Um, I was, we were pitching shows. My, so the guy that I worked with, um, with Letter 10 Productions and it's Joel Patterson and Joel created Counting Cars. Uh, yeah. He was a showrunner for uh, Pawn Stars on History. And uh, Joel and I actually went to uh, college together um, in upstate New York. And we uh, both kind of started pitching shows together a few years back. And uh, I was uh, frustrated with a few things like that, you know, when you'd hear different pitches happen or, or you, you'd talk to different network execs and they would ask you like, oh, you know, that's great. Or they tell you what they're looking for. And right. I, I, I was drawn to this, the unknown stuff. I, I liked that those concepts. I mean, a lot of my previous work was uh, real estate stuff or mm-hmm. construction and things like that. And Joel was, you know, coming from a car, like cars and, and items. Um, but the thing that I think frustrated me was, you know, anytime you'd pitch a show about the unknown stuff, it was always like, well, that's not Skinwalker Ranch or <laughs> ah, that's not Area 51. Yeah. And finally it was, you know, well, heck with it. Challenge accepted. And yeah. I was like, fine, I'll, I'll figure that out. We'll figure it out. And that's how I figured like Skinwalker was the one that everyone called like the Holy Grail. No one could ever get to it. I was right. like, all right, watch. I'll, I'll, <laughs> let's see what it can do. And uh, I did it. Yeah, I, I saw a tweet. I think it was Thursday night or or yesterday that Brandon tweeted out a picture of you on the ranch with the crew. Oh. And he said that you were like hounding him for like a year over trying a year. to get the show over a year to get the show to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's oh. that's interesting because people think that he had a plan to make this show mm-hmm. and there was no, he had no plan. He didn't want to do it. He truly didn't want to do it. Uh, he didn't even want to be on camera. That wasn't really? at all. No, the first 
the first presentation reel we shot with him, uh, we had to disguise his voice and we kept him off camera. He was like uh, Charlie from Charlie's Angels. <laughs> and he would talk into a voice box and he would sound like this. He'd, oh, wow. say, he'd say things like, team, give me an update of what's happening today. And uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's state, he'll tell you. He'll, he'll you know, clarify that. Yeah, that's, he'll, he'll back it up. That's funny because he's on like every episode. Mm-hmm. Like, he goes out to the ranch and that's it's. Yeah. It's it's really interesting the things that happen on the show, <clears throat> and I see how there would be skeptics who would be like, "No, you know, they planned that or they planned this," but then when you have the incident with uh, removing the concrete uh, lid off of the the well, and then that radiation exposure, mm-hmm. that's you can't fake what happened to him. No, <laughs> no, this and, is, you can't. I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't think any studio is ever going to go. Hey, let's expose this guy to radiation real quick. No. Mm-mm. You know that none of this. You can't really. You can't plan any of this. I mean, what you can plan is what experiments you're going to do. You can plan what storyline you're going to kind of go down. Uh, what you're going to examine, but you can't plan what's going to happen or how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just, you know, if it if nothing happens, then you know sometimes you show nothing happening. Or you just don't show any of it at all, and you use the time to show things that that do happen. Right. So it is TV. Uh, you know, you yeah. have to. It has to be entertaining. Yes, it's a it's a really interesting show. So I was watching the first season, and when the alpacas were attacked, mm-hmm. the one of the one that got attacked had like probably a good. 18 to 21 inch laceration on its hind quarter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because they said it was dogs, if, if I'm remembering right, like a pack of dogs or something came in there. And I was like, wow, you know, I've seen coyotes and, and other animals hunt before, and they don't leave long lacerations like that. So yeah. I, I thought it was really interesting because I was like, ah. Well, I mean, I know Eric was upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being upset, like visibly upset about it. He was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he hated that, 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 that happened. Um, I don't, I don't know if, you know, it was unfortunate that that stupid camera, <laughs> <laughs> you know, wasn't the right, uh, wasn't working and, or, or I, I can't remember exactly what the, what the issue was, but it was like, you know, we could have caught, I can't believe we can't catch this with all this yeah. tech, all this money, and you can't get an image. Come on! Yeah, that's that's one of the what do they call it? Uh, recurring incidences. There is that cameras. It just all everything seems to happen just like two feet off of camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, yes. I, I don't know what it's. What do you say? Like, how do you stop it? What do you say? What do you do? You can't. There's just you know, it's one of those. I feel like somebody had said it, and, and it's not my line, but someone was like, you know, you can't just make it make a dance or something like that, you know. Right. You can't just make the entity perform on contact, or you can't just make the ranch mm-hmm. do something. Yeah, um, it's you can't just. It's like uh, that show Planet Earth when they do the big series every couple of years or whatever. A lot of people don't know that those cameramen are out in the woods for three or six months trying to get 10 seconds of footage. Yeah. And like that's got to be frustrating yeah. to do. Yeah. People like, forget. You know, that's a great that's a great point. Like people forget, you know, the camera stuff and, and how much 
man hour, how many man hours go into it and the real work. And mm-hmm. what I always found funny that people just they never realize it until you kind of point it out. So all of these shows where you have a host or somebody and the yeah. host is reacting to something, right? And they're like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a camera on the host. And maybe it's ghost hunting or it's, you know, hiking or something. Right. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, what is that? And you're seeing his face say, what is that? Yeah. What you don't realize is there's a cameraman walking backward. <laughs> and the cameraman, whatever's happening, is happening behind the cameraman's back. So he's going backward like this. And the host is going like this. And the camera guy's like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. What's behind me? What's behind me? <laughs> right. People don't think of that. You're like, there's a camera guy just, you could, you know, be in real danger here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the work that it takes to get these shots is kind of amazing. So the question that I have is how has YouTube and kind of affected television programming? Oh, well, hmm. that's a, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, it's kind of killing it <laughs> slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, well, not it's changing programming uh, because there's programming is becoming a thing of the past. It's more yeah. uh, because a consumer uh, wants it to be everywhere and when they want it, you know, they want it on yeah. every device at the, and they want to pull it as opposed to push. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's the days of like tuning into a show at eight o'clock on a Thursday. I mean, granted there's the older generations, like people like me, like anyone over 40, you know, basically <laughs> they still kind of do that. Just not as much right. as tuning into that time because everyone else wants to just say, Oh, I want to watch this. I want to watch seven episodes and 12 minutes of the eighth episode and then pause it. And then I'll pick it up another day. You know, so right. the programming aspect has changed. Uh, and plus this market segmentation, there's just, there are so many options right okay. now um, that you can't really, uh, you know, you don't have the audience that you used to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just changes. It's just like, there will never be, you know, another Michael Jackson because of these right. reasons. Like there were three channels and, you know, there was, MTV and Michael Jackson was on MTV all the time. So of course he's the biggest star, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's just, it's, it's different and uh, it's changing, you know, it's just going to continue to change. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to see if you look at like uh, ghost hunters or one of the, I think that was the first one that came out, I think was ghost hunters years ago. And then, all these other ghost hunting shows came out because ghost hunters was popular. Then they all came out and then it kind of faded away. But now there's really big channels on YouTube about ghost hunting. There's one that just hit over a million followers Hmm. and they do like little seasons on YouTube. And it's, it's interesting because I think if you, if you have your own YouTube channel and you, or you start editing videos and stuff like that, you find out how hard it is to actually do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, it, the work involved and the time. And what brought you to UFOs? Um, I mean, I've always been you know, interested in, in, ever since I was little, I, I was convinced that there was something else out there. Uh, I just think that it was an opportunity and a challenge. And I, I didn't do it just, I'm not saying I just did it because of the challenge. Like I did it because it was, I had a genuine interest, mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to do it less of the woo, you know, the right. woo and more science wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
it just so happened that Brandon was doing that. Uh, and I think you're going to talk to him soon, right? I think you, he's going to. I'm trying to. He's he's hard to. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely hard to nail down, man. Like, don't, yeah, don't <laughs> just yeah. Persistence is the thing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he was doing this regardless if there was a show or not. Right. So uh, that was the key, and it just right place, right time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, took a long time to do it and to track it down and stuff. But I mean, I I I tracked down every. Every anything and everything that surrounded that topic or this topic, um, right. I've been, I under, I know, I have the ins and outs of most of these. I mean, I know new stuff comes along all the time, and that's why I try to stay on it and like see where there's an opportunity maybe to do another a different type of show. And I have some other stuff that we're working on now, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, you know, there, it's a great topic. I just think it's always been treated with you know, kind of tongue in cheek and. Yeah. And I think now if you can really start peeling it back and saying, hey, let's let's actually look into it. And if there's nothing there, certain things, there's nothing there. Uh, mm-hmm. That's fine. But it doesn't mean that there's nothing there altogether. Right. <laughs> uh, so. So do you think the uh, the recent the Gillibrand Amendment in the National Defense Authorization Act creating, well, forcing the Pentagon to create a UFO office? To, is bringing awareness to for the general public. So uh, I don't know enough about the ins and outs of it. I don't follow that. I don't mm-hmm. follow that closely. Uh, that's a thing that a big misconception. Like I'm not, you know, in the community. Like I don't follow a lot of that stuff. Right. Uh, I look for the entertainment, and I, it's not just in this world. Like there's other, other different other genres that I I look into. But uh, and and I've said this multiple times on different you know different podcasts and stuff where. I don't think anything the government's going to do is going to at all help any of this. Uh, I right. That's just me. I don't believe that there's any scenario in which the military, the U.S. military, the U.S. government will come out and tell us to tell its citizens that they are they are being uh, uh, you know visited or interacted with, or that there's things mm-hmm. above our there there are things flying above our airspace that we don't know. They will never admit. That they'll never admit a weakness. Right. I mean, unless you can show me, you know, and this goes, you know, not to go too far off track, but like the 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 China the supersonic missile or something yeah. that they talked about. I still call BS on that. That we were surprised. There is no way no. That we were surprised. And in what world would we ever admit that we were surprised? Like, yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, it's very strange. It's it's more of a propaganda yeah. technique. It's more of let's create, continue to create stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you hate to say it, but stories get clicks. Clicks make money for different places. Yeah. Uh, why not keep throwing disinformation out there? Um, I don't know. But so I don't I don't know enough about the ins and outs. But if the government's creating an office, if the government's getting involved. They don't. There's nothing they do successfully. <laughs> like, no. Why would a different? No. Why would another program help? Why would another office help? Like it's not. Uh, it's just maybe I'm too cynical with it. Uh, no, I so I worked for the for the government for over a decade, closer to 11, 11 and a half years, and I have the exact same opinion about I mean, the effectiveness of or the of, lack thereof, know, right? Yeah, the, the definite lack thereof in a lot of places. That's how I feel, man. And I can't I you know, I don't I try not to make the broad generalizations on stuff and I try not to I try not to, you know, I don't know, like, like bat away any idea or, 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 or 
claim something's not valid when it could very well be. I just don't know. Right. But the ex- in my experience and from what I have seen, um, I don't see any, I don't see this moving anything forward. Like, so if there's, you know, secret information, mm-hmm. what, how does it benefit them to tell us? How does it benefit to tell its citizens? Right. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm missing something. I don't think there's a benefit because if anything, there's a lot of unknowns that could happen. Yeah. Uh, they've war gamed it. I'm sure there's been, we had the scenario with the, you know, uh, what was it back in what the 50s or 60s, a radio show um, mm. for the world. <clears throat> right. That was a real, real world example of what could happen. Now, granted, yeah. it was different time. There was only radio. Right. But they didn't have Twitter to just go, oh no, that's not real. Or right. Well, but, Twitter's probably going to tell you what's not, what is not is, real, not right. what is real. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Twitter's not a good, <laughs> not a, a, a good use or baseline for anything. Uh, no. But I guess like that's the only example that we have, right? That that mass panic, and yeah, you know, I mean, we have to. So whoever's war game and whoever's planning that has to assume that there is a, there's at least a percentage of a chance that that could happen again. Um, yeah. And um, I, don't know. I don't know. You might not have seen the Vice article that just came out, I think, yesterday. Uh, yeah, it was yesterday. UFO Twitter was blowing up about it. I know. Uh, they were talking about uh, examining materials from a UFO that was like melting off the UFO. And that's like the second two thirds of the article. But the okay. first part of the article is talking about the effects of the people who have come into close proximity of UFOs or UAPs, however you want to say it. And out of a hundred people that had these negative effects, 25 of them died. And I was like, well, that's a big part of the story too. Cause I mean, we have this magnesium that didn't have the right amount of isotopes in it. And everyone's like, Oh my God, the isotopes. And I'm going 25 people died. Right. For being in close proximity. That's a quarter. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's yeah, that's statistically significant. Yeah, that's, that's could be a huge problem. So, so this Vice article, so who has, who has these materials and where are they? Um, somebody in the chat's going to tell me because. Like, I'm just saying, is it, is it, is it one of these agencies? Is it another UFO talking head on Twitter that has them? Is it a group that has them? Because Vice, the Vice stuff Vice is a strange uh, outlet. Yeah, um, I feel like it's part of the it's part of the snake eating its tail thing. Like they read Twitter and then they take stuff from Twitter and then you know put it out to their audience and then they use Twitter as a as a fact checker at times. Like yeah. not not knocking Vice. I'm just saying there's a lot of these these different places that it seems like they feed off of each other. Yeah, here um, we go. It's uh, Gary Nolan at Stanford. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, that's. Okay, there you go. That's different. Um, so, I mean, you have a you have a an, an, an institution involved. That's that's awesome. And Gary Nolan, I mean, that's a name that's recognizable, and and mm-hmm. there's some credibility there, from what I understand. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, again, I can't talk. I don't have any expertise in that. I don't know enough right. of the story, but I just know that like. It, but there's some good writers. I'm not again. I don't knock knock advice. I just feel like there's, you know you get inundated with so much information from so many different sources that it's hard yeah. to filter it anymore. Uh, yeah. Especially now. I mean, just if you look at the way people are constantly being hit 
with information, just, just nonstop flow of either negative news, depending on who you're looking at, you're either getting 24 hours of just negativity, constantly going to your phone, constantly going to your emails or however you're setting it up or watching it on TV. And I think it's messing with people. I think you're right. <laughs> I think it's been pretty, I, I don't know about proven, but yeah, it's, it seems right to me. But uh, yeah, that's why I like watching stuff like The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch because you're not getting hit with this like constant negativity. It's a you're doing experiments, you're going out in this place that has been known for a very long time to be a very weird and just messed up place. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to get to the bottom of it without doing the Bigelow approach of getting $22 million from the government. Right. And then where does it go? <laughs> and then hiding all of it. And yeah. yeah, and it's interesting you say that because there's a lot of uh, chatter that I have seen um, where, you know, there's so many skeptics, right? There's so many different tor- Skinwalker Ranch skeptics and this. And it's, mm-hmm. I find it, I, I actually find it kind of funny. Uh, and even like Mick, and I think Mick's going to come on your show too, right? Are you going to talk yeah. to Mick West? So yeah, I even find him fun. funny. I even find him funny because nobody's claiming anything on the show. No one's like, right. oh my God, it's aliens. No. Mm-hmm. So what's really, it's just kind of funny that people get all up in arms like, oh my God, there's, they're, they're faking it or they're not doing science or they're not. Okay. Then what is it that they're doing? They're doing pseudoscience. Oh, really? Okay. And so what are the results that they've, what are they claiming is coming out of this? Well, it's inconclusive. Oh, oh. so yeah. no one's claiming anything. They're doing experiments and showing you the results and saying, hey, this requires further study. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, has anyone made a definitive claim of anything? No. And that's, (laughs) that's one of the best things is because they'll go, there's stories that there's a UFO underneath the ranch. So we're going to drill here because we did these LIDAR scans and found something under the ground. That's not normal. And then they drill and there's water. And they're like, Oh, there's a ton of water in this spot. So we're going to go drill in this spot, Mm -hmm. but they're not, Nobody on the show is saying there's a secret base built under. I know. I know. And it's funny to see it's funny to see these debunkers or these people saying, show me the data. You are seeing the data. There's tons of data. You just don't like it. You think that people are sitting on some secret, you know, documents of like miniature aliens or something. Like Mm -hmm. you think that there's something there's that listen, if there's something there, you'll get you'll see it as it comes out, you know, in in a in a season. But there's no grand conspiracy of anything. And I'm just so done with the, the narrative of conspiracy and that uh, these people think that they know what they're talking about. And I have yet to see any of these, anyone of these naysayers. Yeah. Comp- there's plenty of data. You haven't done anything with it. Show mm-hmm. me. I've given people plenty of examples of things that they could do and no one's done anything. So you can't, I don't know what to tell you. You just yeah. want to see what you want and you're not happy with what you're getting. It's not yours. And, and I really think that the last thing that you're going to do with the show is not show like something extremely significant. Just be like, oh, we're, we caught this massive. Of course you're going to see it. Yeah. But you want, you want the, up, the ratings, the views and everything. You're, you're not going to hide like a massive big thing that comes out you're just going to be like oh yeah we're, we can't show that oh no way oh my god like <laughs> come on it, it's yeah. it's really funny though you know the 
I, I think I was, so I did another, I did a show recently with some guy. I don't even know who, you know, who he was, but he was claiming that the, the nothing happened before Bigelow was on the ranch or something like that. And I'm just like, okay. I mean, you can, you can say these things they are not true, but you can keep saying them. And I mean, it just, yeah. it just makes you look like, you know, makes you look like you're not doing your research or that mm. you, you have a bone to pick or, I think that he wasn't allowed on the ranch or he was invited and then he was not invited. And then I think he got angry or something. I don't even know, but the guy's like claiming things that are not true. Like, well, you guys said that nobody said anything. Mm -hmm. There's there's just saying, Hey, listen, there's, this is what's going on. Here's what you look at it. Brandon will eventually get to a point. I'm sure when it's feasible to publish the information that they have. Mm -hmm. Um, But even that, like there's information published already. Go to the website, see some of the, the equipment that's used. Yeah. Go research the equipment. Find out that what where it does and doesn't work, what it does and doesn't measure. Um, then do some research on your own because just because you're not getting images or videos of stuff doesn't mean that it's not there. Uh, it's it drives me nuts. But anyway, <laughs> that's uh, one of those like I get I go I, I that really bothers me sometimes. I I uh, get I get um, you know annoyed with that a little bit. Yeah. Um, Especially when well, think, these people don't know what they're talking about. Like, yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that you can't – it takes time to do a peer-reviewed paper. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do that, you can't just put it out there and say, this is scientific fact without it being peer-reviewed. And you have to go through that whole process of peers reviewing it, and they try to to uh, re- replicate the you know mm-hmm. the study or whatever was done. It's not an instant thing. Right. And I, I don't even know the, I don't know, like in some cases, there's no replication. In some cases, it's just, you could be reviewing the meta, the, the meta analysis of it and saying, Hey, your techniques are wrong, or, Hey, this is not, th- this was done inaccurately, or mm-hmm. this wasn't correct because you use this methodology and not this one. Like there's plenty right. of other ways that things can be validated or invalidated. Uh, but a lot of times peer review is just to say, Hey, the science behind this or the method used behind this is sound. Um, yeah. that's, that's, you know, there's a lot to it. That's a big piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of stuff gets kicked back for, you know, gets rejected and, and says needs more work because of that reason. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know the, I, I don't, I, I find it, I just find it interesting to me that like, there's a lot of people that are, you know, quote unquote experts, or mm-hmm. they think that they understand. And most of the time they just, they're making themselves look like, Ooh, there's a, it's kind of cringy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but whatever. Hey, listen, I, I have no problem talking to these people. I talk to whoever wants to talk, mm-hmm. you know, that's me. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's great. I found after I moved to uh, this small, tiny town I'm in, is that part of the reason why I wanted to start the podcast was because I just, I, there's, who do I talk to about this stuff? I, I live in a town of like 4,000 people. Oh, if wow. I start going around talking about UFOs and aliens and stuff, I'm going to be the crazy guy in the corner waving a sign <laughs> saying the end is nigh. <laughs> you're not that guy already? They don't think you're that guy yet? No, no. I'm I'm the jackass who drives around in the Mercedes. Nice. Who's <laughs> <laughs> like, that idiot driving that Mercedes E-Class around here? Why? And I got a big beard and I wear cowboy boots and I got a handgun on my side and they're just like, what is going on? This does not fit. What is he doing? He knows something. He knows something's <laughs> up. He works for the government. Not so in Kansas, are. so are there any hotspots near you that you've kind of gone and look at or explored or? 
I've so I've seen three UFOs in the immediate ten mile radius from where I'm at. There are a couple areas that are supposedly haunted. Mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna go check those out, see if they're not when it's 20 degrees outside, but when it gets right. warmer, I'll go and check those out and see kind of what's going on there. Mm-hmm. I need to get a, a tri-band EMF detector because like you guys use on the show, they use a tri-band detector. Mm-hmm. And what you see on every ghost hunting show is they're using those little $12 EMF detectors. Mm-hmm. Well, those are only dual band. So okay. you can't get an actual accurate reading from an EM, EMF field with only two probes. So okay. you're supposed to actually turn it while you're doing it <clears throat> to get an accurate reading. But if you have a tri-band, you can get an accurate reading without waving it all around everywhere. And it's more accurate data. Okay. I mean, so uh, what is your quest? Like, what are you looking for? Like, what are you, what draw you, what drew you to this? So tell me about like why you're, you know, what got you interested? In UFOs as a whole? Ah, mm-hmm. uh, So when I was like little, probably like seven or eight years old, my mom told me she saw a UFO one time. And I was like, huh, okay. Didn't really think about it. And then X-Files came out. And like anybody who was, when X-Files came out in the 90s, so I was six years old. Okay. When six or seven, when X-Files came out. <laughs> so I'm watching this. Probably a show that a seven-year-old shouldn't watch. And just like, oh, my God. And then I started reading UFO books in the library, and I just kind of excelled from there. Okay. Nice. And and then I went to White Sands, New Mexico when I was in the Army and saw a lot of weird stuff out there. There's a lot of weird stuff out there. (laughs) Yeah. So in in Kansas now, are there – any military bases near you? Uh, there's a national Air National Guard base about uh, 45 minutes or so from here. But they have F-16s and AC-130s. They're, you hear those things freaking 10 miles away mm-hmm. flying I mean, around. I, I, you know, there's what I have uh, not found recently. I mean, there are there's a few that I, I talk to and doing trying to do stuff with but there's very few people who are actually out there looking or hunting or doing anything mm-hmm. um, the, the vast majority i'd say 98 percent of people that are interested in this in ufos or whatever uh, are they 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 google a lot mm-hmm. um they read other people's posts of stuff yeah um but no one actually does any science or research on anything that i've not no not, not no broad generalizations there not nobody but i mean right. there are very few that do the vast majority are all using the same recycled stuff and saying the same mm-hmm. things over and over um you know I, I someone like that like you're in kansas man like i don't know if there's how many people are out there and doing what doing any kind of sky watching or looking at this you know looking for this but yeah, I, don't, I don't think there's anybody looking for for anything like this but they're like i can go maybe five miles out from where I'm at right now, look up in the sky at night and it is pitch black. Wow. You see everything. So I'm going to be, I've got a telescope now. I got to get an adapter to put my phone on it so that I can record what I'm doing. And I'll be recording the night sky. If I see something that moves, I'll just point the 
telescope mm-hmm. at it. And if it's a plane, if it's a plane, if it's something weird, it's something weird. And I'll post it to uh, Twitter and my YouTube page. And or, yes, I know there's plenty of software out there that can detect when things are moving in the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just like having a camera on the sky, like something would flash. I mean, you can. I, I know it's out there uh, technically. Yeah. Um, it's all open source. Most of the stuff is open source. I mean, GitHub is a huge place for you know finding any kind of software. Um, mm. But you can, yeah, there's tons and tons of stuff. <laughs> it's just a matter of digging and finding it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's that's probably the difficult part if you don't know where to look or how to look for stuff. But if mm-hmm. you just start googling and start doing your own research, which yeah. I know is hard for a lot of people. To just do your own research, you'll <laughs> actually learn things, and it's yeah. it's a surprising well, thing. I would I recommend to people to get out of the Google bubble. Uh, there's Google. plenty of other search engines to use. Uh, Yandex has been one of the most effective for me in finding info um, in the OSINT, the open source inter- uh, intelligence stuff. Yeah, uh, communities like that is a big one because it gets you. It truly gets you right outside of the Google world, mm. um, and. and <laughs> Funny enough, it's from Russia. <laughs> uh, of course it is. Yeah, of course it is, right? But then there's um, there are other ones. Gibiru is another one, or Gibiru. I could be saying Gibiru. Yeah. Gibiru. Um, there's a bunch of different ones, and and you'd be surprised at the info that's out there. Um, and that's on the surface web. That's not even going under, you know, mm-hmm. underneath it all into dark web stuff, um, or deep web stuff, I should say. Yeah. Uh, not dark, but the deep web. Um, but these, uh, there's just so many things that you can find that. And that, that, that's one of the big things that I do. You know, I still, not just on Twitter, but just looking for new new show ideas, new people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to make a point, you know, it takes me a while to get back and I apologize about that. But it's like I try to make a point to make sure that everyone, I, you know, everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to talk. Everyone's got something yeah. to say. And, and uh, you know, hey, I want to hear it. You know, if I, if I can get it, if I can, I will. <laughs> yeah. You know? Absolutely. And that's one of the things I noticed about you is I'll get a notification just because we follow each other on Twitter saying TJ Allard is speaking. I'm like, oh, and it like it's could be NFTs. Right. <laughs> I do random stuff. Yeah. You're like all over the place. And I'm yeah. like, hey, this dude is really looking at everything that he can. I try and- to. You know, and I can't, I'm not, I don't claim to be an expert on anything. People have a big misconception of me that I think I'm a know-it-all or something. It's like, no, I, I, I don't. I think that one of the NFT ones, I'm like, I'm trying to learn about NFTs. Come join the conversation or something like that. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just need to know a broad generalization or I need to know mm-hmm. a broad strokes of things. And then at least I understand it enough where I can try to find, oh, do you see the lights flickering? I was telling you, mm-hmm. we're in the middle of a storm right now. Yeah, uh, in Buffalo, and um, I know I've got a bad feeling our power is going to go out, but uh, and uh, yeah, I don't have a generator here yet. Oh. But the um, uh, what I was saying is like you know I'll, I'll try to get a broad understanding of things and then mm-hmm. understand it enough where I will be able to find the right people in the world that do right. know the stuff. So it's kind of like you know if you're if you're trying to learn about cars or something, you know, you're like okay, you go into the car communities and then you try to find like the, the alphas or whatever yeah. in that, in that community. And I don't, alphas, maybe not, but there's so many negative connotations. <laughs> now. Uh, you try to yeah. find the, the marks, the marks, you know, the ringers in that, in that community. And you find the ringers in the community and it's like, okay, these are the ones that people follow in that community. Let's hear what they have to say. And then right. you can slowly reach out. Okay. Well, this guy talks about American cars. This one talks about Japanese cars. This one talks about electric cars. Hey, I'm interested in electric and tech cars. So let's go that way. Um, yeah. 
and so that's that's kind of how that that's my process right so if you see me talking about you know i was what was it once i was looking at like uh collectibles or something um right. i was looking for something called a thing detect thing detectives i was looking for uh, i had some crazy show ideas and so i'm looking for or bounty hunters was another one i was just recently doing yeah. um and it's like i need to find get into the bounty hunter group or those communities and then see like who emerges out of those groups as the ones who are in the know and then find mm -hmm. the guys who do the podcast on those channels and those groups and then that's kind of how i i dig right that's so, that's probably a really good well i mean obviously it works for you but <laughs> well i'm trying man it's hard um yeah it's a hard road because a lot of people don't want to do tv because there's a big yeah. time commitment mm -hmm. uh, that it's hard for people to understand it's not like a this where we just shoot something we we talk it's on done yeah you know you got to shoot for three months four months and then go into post-production and then mm -hmm. it airs a year later half a year later you know yeah, that's that's like what I was saying. With people don't know how hard it is. Like, I was a bit um, dumb about it when I first started. I was like, I got a program to to edit videos, and I was like, I'm gonna do a top five scary videos, but put a, kind of a comedic twist on it and kind of make fun of what's going on. It's like, how hard can it be? And then it took me four hours to do a 12 minute video, <laughs> and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, this cannot be real. Yeah. But so yeah, I got that doesn't take me that long anymore. It takes me probably like three hours now because okay. I know what I'm doing with the the software. But at first, oh. so I got so first I saw somebody say something. Yes, there is a storm in Buffalo. Um, I wonder oh, yeah. how bad it is right now. Enzo. Um, but somebody wrote somebody wrote. Uh, I, I saw on 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 somewhere. Uh, some influence, not influencer, content creator, uh, and they mentioned, "Hey guys," uh, and they mentioned, um, and I don't want to take credit for because it, it wasn't my line, and I never thought of it this way. But they said something like, "You know, to make a ten-minute video, it, you can you just record twenty seconds, twenty-second clips, like fifty times or whatever the math works out." Yeah, I was like, "Wow, I never really thought of it like that." Like, instead of trying to edit or whatever, mm -hmm. just script what you're going to say for those 10 or 20 seconds say it stop the video whatever and mm -hmm. then do your next piece and your next piece i was like man that is a really smart way to look at it to cut down your production time or your product like uh, the the post-production work right if you can just string 20 second clips together you know that's awesome that's a way better way to look at it yeah um and I guess that's what like TikTok basically is or whatever, you know, they pretty much record. I'm going to do this, pause, go over here, do it again, <laughs> pause. So there's a, school. there's a paranormal investigator who travels the country. Uh, he's uh, Franco TV is the name of his channel. Okay. He edits his videos in his car while he like the next day. And okay. then post them. This dude is in, you know, between traveling and everything. I look at his channel and I'm like, dude, how do you go to all these places? Do this with, he's got a few cameras, puts it in his laptop, and then uses like a mobile hotspot or awesome the freaking ho whatever hotels he's, he's love at. love that. And he uploads them. I love that, man. I and, think that's the way to do it. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the new thing, though, is to just go out there and just mm -hmm. do it that's it but there's very few 
I've not heard of this. Is he a big does, does he have a lot of uh he has I think he is over he's, I know he's close to oh let me do this on my phone. So my oh don't, no 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 worries, man. No worries. I, that's fine. I just I I what I find amazing is like you know they're very rarely these guys, there's not a lot of people that are out there doing it. No, there's not. I can't hear. I'm getting static in my headset right now. It's no, it's not you. I think oh. it's my power. Oh, it's the it's the UFOs. Yeah, right. They're they're coming for you. I think they're done with me. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we don't want to talk to him anymore. Nope. It's all he's good. got he's got something like seventy or eighty thousand subscribers. Okay. Hey, that's that's a you could get a groundswell going with that. I mean, that's oh. a big enough following. Yeah, I haven't looked at his subscriber count in a while. He's up to two hundred and sixty-six thousand. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and uh, again, like so, when you know, this is where TV falters uh, because the budgets that are required to do a TV show are it's mm-hmm. a lot of money because of the personnel needed. If right. you can do it like this with this, you know, hardcore production, uh, do it on your own. You know, mm-hmm. keep your costs down, stay light, and do like that's nuts, man. That is insane, and that's where that's what's ru- like ruining traditional TV in a way. Um, right. So, I mean, it's different, right? You don't get long. You're not going to do scripted stuff that way. No, no, I don't think I don't think you could do scripted stuff that way. Just because I mean, you got your lighting people and everything mm-hmm. else that you have to do. I mean, they've tried. There are people who do. Sc- Stuff like that, but it's not, you know. I mean, look, you, it's still huge, uh, huge yeah. budgets to do because unions are involved and not so much in, in unscripted, but for scripted stuff. But unscripted, I feel like it needs to go more like the YouTube model. Like mm-hmm. that's the way. Otherwise, it's going to eventually die. Um, you just well, can't compete. The biggest thing I think when it, when you compare like a YouTube channel to a television show is he can have like two or three episodes or whatever you want to call it where he doesn't get 150,000 views or right. and nobody's going to tell him okay shut it down right. shut it down doesn't matter your your viewership is tanked shut it down yep it doesn't matter if he doesn't want if he doesn't care and is he doing it to make a living yeah he actually that he self funds all of it and that's awesome. If you can afford to do that, then he's not the the, the only danger uh, with all of that has to do with the you're beholden to the platform. Right. Um, that's the biggest problem because if the platform all of a sudden goes away or decides that you and this was a big concern of mine when a lot of the co- people were talking about conspiracy stuff and how they're tra- cracking down on conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And I think like on, a, on Twitter in particular, I think I've been shadow banned or was at a time. Um, because I think that any talk about UFO stuff was being grouped into conspiracy. Right. And so then you get throttled because you're spreading conspiracy. And you, it's unfortunate that, you know, that, that it goes that way. Yeah. Uh, but if a platform decides he's conspiracy stuff or decides he's pushing fake stuff because he's talking about ghosts, then he's done. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's a concern. Well, I think the, the good thing is with, uh, the new government uh, office in the Pentagon with UFOs is now you're going to see more media outlets covering this. Mm-hmm. 
And the more media outlets, the more CNN or Fox News, and it doesn't matter who you like, but the more of them that cover this and talk about it, the more mainstream it becomes, the more you can have a show where you talk about this and not, as long as you're not going, Nazi aliens live in the Antarctic and the moon is hollow and, you know, off the wall crazy shit. Right. You're good. Yeah. You're, you'll at least get some traction. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the way that it gets that it's get to mainstream. So then to me, I don't consider the corporate news stuff mainstream anymore right. um, because I, and I, I've done this by just using numbers, right? Fringe. Yeah. They're more fringe than anything. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you got a guy getting 150,000 views on a video you were saying or whatever he gets for view, yeah. viewership. That's almost equivalent to a daytime news program on one of the main, not, not all of them, but some of them that we consider mainstream. Yeah. Um, but I think the mainstream, the way it becomes more mainstream is stuff like this, mm. where you have to have, you got to get a lot of like-minded individuals talking about stuff, but in different walks of life. And yeah. it has to become like a Venn diagram of you have people in the gaming community and in this tech community and in computers and in uh, architecture and all of these people, all of them. And in the middle is this unknown topic. Um, right. That's how I think you can get get this to be more mainstream um and it is i think right now there's no more taboo on it um yeah unless you go where you said part. yes unless you're where i'm at then, then you just kind of don't talk about it as loudly but it's but it, it's but it's is amazing. it really though like the, the 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 antarctic stuff right the nazis in antarctica or right. whatever like i don't care about the nazi part of it but the antarctica part of it's very interesting because we have military we had military actions or whatever you call them uh, operations yeah. that went down there for these reasons, looking for stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you could pepper it with Nazis or whatever the heck else you want, yeah. or, you know, gray aliens. I don't care. But the fact is we went to Antarctica because we thought that there was something going something. on yeah. or at least, at least, at least from what I understand, right. At least from mm -hmm. the history that I understand. Yeah. With the, and then the problem is when the government does something like that and then they, either deny it or try to bury it. That is how these conspiracy theories begin in the first place. Yeah. Because if you just go, yes, we did this. We went out there for a training exercise for extreme cold weather to see how our equipment works. Yeah. End of story. Right. There's still going to be people who are going to be like, no, there's aliens. They're looking for aliens in the Arctic or the hollow earth. And yes, of course, it's always going to be there, right? Cause it's, it's sexy and it's not disprovable. Right. And what, are you, not, what are you going to do? Go down to Antarctica with a camera, film right. it? No, you're going to get eaten by a sea lion or something. <laughs> right. But, but it's not disprovable. And this is one of the things. So if the way that this also becomes more popular is if it's, if it gets the clicks, if it, if it's monetized, mm -hmm. if these stories are monetized, uh, like I, it happened last year in June, like the summertime when everything was happening, yeah. it, went, it was here and then it was gone because other stuff was probably monetizing the algorithms online where the traffic was finding that these were getting more hits than these, you know, yeah. talk, talk about COVID was getting more hits and talk about UFO. So they're going to keep leaning toward the one that was getting hits. Yeah. Whatever, that's the way it works. Yeah. Whatever is, is the biggest interest at the time, that's what gets pushed. And then right. over time it kind of dies off and then something else comes up and now that's the big topic. And it's just a revolving cycle of, whatever <laughs> sorry it's okay <laughs> don't scare me um yeah so i don't know i mean 
I think this is at a good point right now. The you mm-hmm. know this 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 uh, the topic, and I just I'm going to keep trying to push. Like I'm, I have some stuff we're working on, uh, and I I was saying I've said in the past, like I think the next step to this is tangible things. And so it's funny that you're saying that they have tangible things. I'm like, huh? I really I remember I was just saying that it has yeah. to go that way. Uh, so it's interesting. I have to go and look at this. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very interesting article, and. I would say that as this comes more to light, people are going to start asking more questions and it's not just going to be the UFO people. It's going to be your average. I go to work, I come home, I watch the news, I eat dinner. They're going to start asking. And then I think what's going to happen is that veil is going to start to unravel over the past 70 years Mm -hmm. because eventually it's going to click in people's heads. Hey, is this new? When did this start? And yeah. then the dominoes will start falling, and hopefully that's before I'm sixty. No, I, I, I don't. I personally like so my take on all of this, and again, it's I'm anti-conspiracy conspiracy mm-hmm. theorist. <laughs> I guess how you'd say it. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't believe the the grand conspiracy of the government withholding it because they be like they have all the secret knowledge. I think that. It's not that it's secret. It's just that, well, it is secret, but it's not for these these nefarious reasons. Right. Uh, it's the same as anything. Everything is about defense. Everything is about like, why do you think you need to know? Mm-hmm. This is the thing that bothers me at the ranch. Like, what gives you the right to think you deserve to know? Yeah. Um, I, I I had a people I was talking to. I remember on this the, the Skinwalker journey, trying to get you know get that going. Yeah. I remember people saying like they deserve to go on the ranch or they should be there. And they, and it's to me, I'm like, you know, that's, or they deserve the data, right? That's another one. Yeah. To me, that's akin to someone being a fan of like, say, um, I don't know, something else like, like, a, like that you think in uh, like, like Playboy magazine, right? Yeah. I love Playboy magazine and I love the mansion. I need to go there. I deserve to go there. You're right. No, you're, <laughs> you're, that's not how it works. That's <laughs> not how it works. You're a fan. Like yeah. I get it. Yes. You wish what do you bring to the table? What do you bring? You know, everyone could be a Googling armchair Googler, right? Mm-hmm. Like what do you, what expertise or what are you offering that's going to help push that forward or what's going to make you valuable to them? Yeah. Um, and you know, you got to find, find your thing. That's going to help you. Like, what do you know? What do you do? Like that, that, that's where you get access. That's how you take, you know, how you get into these quote unquote secret places. Um, yeah. And it's, it's funny because people think that they have that right to know. And then Skinwalker Ranch is not the safest place to be. Right. For just some normal person to come walking around and be like, <laughs> oh, we start poking around at things. And uh. <laughs> you know, something, yeah. something seriously bad could happen to you. It's like, that's why you don't go into the lion pen at the zoo. I'm a big fan of lions. Can I jump in there with them? Right. Like, I think I was reading an article about these boxers. There's these, uh, this one boxing guy who has, like, currently, like Deontay Wilder. He has, like, mm-hmm. the, the, the most incredible punch in all of boxing history, supposedly, right? Yeah. And people keep contacting his manager to say, hey, I'll pay him $500,000 to punch me in the face. Like, wait, what? <laughs> you what? Go, you can go and look it up. Like, there are people who, in the, in the, they had to make public statements, like, we're not allowing, we wow. won't let him punch somebody. Yeah, uh, and it's and it's people are like oh you know it's not that bad you know that all these 
tough guys buy that computer and I'll give him this much money. Well, first off, he doesn't need the money. So yeah. no. And, and, and they're like, well, he's afraid because he maybe he won't knock somebody out. No, he doesn't care. Like, right. And he doesn't need the money. So what are you offering him? Like, why would you, why would he want to punch you? Yeah. Why, well, why would you him? want somebody like that? To, that's like people saying for a million dollars, would you let Mike Tyson in his prime uppercut you? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, listen, I don't care. I would. I don't care. But you know what? Why would Mike Tyson? What about Mike Tyson? What if... What does he care? <laughs> like in well, the I mean, world. <laughs> Mike Tyson in his prime probably would have just punched whoever the hell he wanted. Yeah, right. And I think he did, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a couple people who maybe they messed with his pigeons or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's him and Tesla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the uh, I don't know. There's a lot there where, where you know the, the demanding of data and stuff like that. I just like, mm-hmm. find really funny. And I know we're all over the place, and that's fine. I, I just I, I I find like a non sequitur is kind of fun. I think these are the best conversations. But if yeah. like if I sat here and hounded you about Skinwalker Ranch and UFOs for an hour, I would feel like a robot. Like, <laughs> but so it was funny because last night my wife goes, "Are you gonna like write out an outline for the interview and like um, for having them on your show and like questions that you want to ask?" I'm like, "No, it's all off the cuff." Yeah, best way to have a natural conversation. Yeah, in my yeah. opinion, no. I might be totally wrong. Listen, I learned that the hard way when I first started trying to do these podcasts when we did season one of Skinwalker and I was doing this thing with um, Jason and Maureen. Uh, Jason uh, Jason McClellan. I always mess up his last name. He's going to kill me. <laughs> um, and uh, Maureen Ellsbury. Um, but Jason, uh, you know, I would write up these things, these like outlines and stuff like I was doing a TV show. And I know he was like thinking like, dude, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this? Like, no, we just talk. And so I would have like Google documents and I was bringing on the cast from the show where right? I was bringing on Eric or dragon or whoever to talk mm-hmm. about the episodes. And it's just funny. Cause he would be like, like I have these like two or three page documents. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? This isn't how you, this isn't. and I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, I have to produce this. Like you produce a show. Right. Uh, Podcasting is very different. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's more natural like this. And I, I kind of enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I like it. It's, it's fun. I told myself if uh, if at any point in history, in the future, I ever run into Dragon, I'm going to introduce myself as Tony, and then when he introduces himself as Dragon, I'm going to say, "Oh, we're using our made-up names." <laughs> I'm, I'm bottled water. I'm going to steal the line from the Avengers because yes. it's just perfect. <laughs> oh, we're using our made-up names. <laughs> Doctor Strange. I love that line, man. That's a great line. Yeah, it is. It was, I, oh, God, I love that movie. Yeah, but, well, uh, have you seen any of the new ones recently? Uh, I missed Shang-Chi. Okay. I still got to watch that. I, we did just watch what just came out in Eternals. Okay, I didn't see Eternals yet. That was very, it was good. It was long. Okay. It was very long. I'm, I'm really excited for Spider-Man to come out. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's going to be awesome. My son's yeah. excited about Spider-Man. He is loving uh shang chi he loves it we've watched that movie probably half a dozen times really um, shang chi yeah we i swear we we've, we've gone we got it in the theater uh we went to we went to the theater it's the first movie i've seen in the theater in forever really um, yeah and uh god i couldn't tell you last time i went to the theater and but we've watched shang chi a number of times already uh he loves it is it on uh, the Disney Plus yet or? i forgot where i forgot where we were watching how we were watching it on mm-hmm. tv it's one of the one of the over the top 
channels. I think it was it just maybe Disney Plus. I think it's Disney Plus. Oh, yeah. Um, well, my TV is still a a uh, paperweight because mm-hmm. the, the people who moved us lost. It's a it's a Samsung QLED. Okay. And Samsung has this one connect box that the TV connects to that, and then you plug all everything into that box in your entertainment center, so it's not you don't that have looks- twenty cables going up to the back of the TV. Sure, that sounds cool. Yeah. Well, the problem is they lost that cable. It's not like just a regular HDMI cable. No, no, it's it has to be a special cable. And oh I my ordered god, it. I ordered it off of Amazon, and it was the only one that was on there because there's different ones for the different types of LED TVs they have. And it's coming from China, and I ordered it over a month ago, and it's not supposed to be here till around December thirtieth. That's insane. That. Why can't there be one cable to rule them all? I am so I know, sick right? of the cable. I have boxes. If you can see, I have labels. I have boxes of different cables from every iteration of USB to HDMI to mm-hmm. micro this, Mac, da, 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 and it just box. And I can't throw them away because I feel like right. someday when the apocalypse hits, somebody's going to need an RCA cable with a red <laughs> blue on it, and I'm going to have it. <laughs> or someone's going to need a connector for a Canon camera to charge a battery, <laughs> the last battery left on the planet to turn a light on, and I'm going to have the cable. Um, oh, yeah, there's cable. I've got cables everywhere. The so, the old Android connectors, the new ones, and there's iPhones cables around here, and I'm just like, oh. So for a, the longest time, I was buying the adapters, right? The, the, the adapters. Yeah. Of, I was resisting to buy the cables. Uh, and I would just buy adapters first and then eventually start buying the cables. But then just as I would buy the cables and those cables would no longer be used and it changed to something new. Um, and so then I'm like, well, shoot, now I got to buy the new thing because there's mm-hmm. no adapter to it. And then you buy the new one and then then they get the adapters for those and then that gets obsolete and whatever. Like, And so I also take, I also do this. So I I shrink wrap everything or I have oh. this, this, this type of tape. Yeah. You pull the tape um, and then you, you, you'd stretch the tape out to then tape it. And then as you let it go, it hardens. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Um, but I, sh- I do that or I shrink wrap all of the connectors on my cables because I don't know, I guess I'm like, you know, Lou Ferrigno with cables. Like I break them all the time, <laughs> but like, yeah, like this, I shrink wrap. I shrink okay. wrap them all. And so what I'll do is like a lot of these, you can't get the, you can't get the shrink wrap around some of the wider portions. So you, I, my hack is to take a pair of scissors, literally, and you can, and as you push it down the scissors, you can heat it just enough. If you heat too much, then it'll, it'll rip. Yeah. But if you heat it just enough, you can get it all the way down to the wide enough part of the scissors. And so, and then you can quickly take the cable and go and transfer it here and then shrink wrap it. So... <laughs> Listen, I've taken a lot of time to do this stuff, man, because I would break so many cables and stuff. So that's, that's <laughs> such that's a nerd. <laughs> I am a total well, nerd, I mean, man. You did start off in video games, so I, I did, I did. And I was saying, where was I? I was yeah, I pulled out my controller the other day. I had my Minecraft and I've been playing with this. A buddy of mine worked on Stadia, and so I got an old Stadia he sent. Um mm-hmm. sent me this last year and it works with Chromecast. Yeah. And I've and I have a free account and I have game I, I've never used never once played it and i always feel bad <laughs> and so i feel like you know, i was a thinking i was going to connect with them over the holidays and stuff and i'm like shoot i should probably really get this thing on and try it at least yeah i've had it for like over a year now he sent it i was like man i should probably do something um oh, con- i don't know if you've ever seen these it, the controllers are cool it's an old concept that i surprised it took them this long 
to, to for someone to do it, and it didn't work. It failed miserably. Right. Um, Talking about Stadia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would think there'd be some bandwidth issues depending on where the users are. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you don't have fiber optic, I mean, if you can't do a lot of things. So I, I there's I remember this this conversation going way back, and a lot of it. So there are the the the. The fiber optic, the super speed isn't necessary all the time. If if you can render the stuff on your end, um, mm-hmm. and if you're not transmitting the entire image on a game, then it can. And if you're just, it, it, it's kind of so. Someone had explained it to me. It's like you're sending the packets of coordinates, and everything's rendering on your side. Um, that was like in the early days of game broadcasting. That was one of the mm-hmm. biggest costs. Was the um, the bandwidth cost. Right. And so one of the hacks around it was, so if you download the the game you're going to watch, like say it was Unreal Tournament, you download Unreal Tournament. Um, so the engine is running on your machine and all you're receiving mm-hmm. are kilobytes of data, not like megs and megs. You're just right. receiving it and it's moving stuff on your screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if that's, the, I'm sure that's the tech they use or they have something way beyond uh, that now. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, if you're, if you're gaming like at an awesome game and you're getting your butt kicked because you have a little... <laughs> You're uh, lagging and you're lagging. Doing this. Do you play games now? I do. Um, I would be playing them more if my TV worked. <laughs> so right now I'm playing um, uh, World of Warships on my okay. my gaming laptop that I use for editing videos and stuff. Okay. But I I PlayStation Five, PlayStation Four, not Five. Can't find one okay. of those. Yeah, I've been trying to get a, a Xbox. X for my son for Christmas and can't can't find one. Can't find um, anything. And if I did the other day, I had a someone sent me a tracker that you know gives you an alert, mm-hmm. and I was shocked. But then you the only way you could get it was on like Walmart Plus, and you have to buy a subscription <laughs> to oh, Walmart yeah. Plus. It's like wait a second, so you can't just go to Walmart? No, now you have to have a. It's like a membership thing, mm-hmm. and only the members could buy the game, buy the system. I'm like, so you want another couple hundred bucks to buy a system that's already way you know super expensive? Yeah. Like, now it becomes a seven eight hundred dollar uh, piece of equipment, and it's just a gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, console. it's just a gaming console. It sits there. You watch movies on it and everything. But so I, I got this last year. I ordered this. So what this, this little thing, it fits on your controller, uh-huh. right? and then it holds your phone. Okay, so you can so play you can your play, mobile games. Yeah, you can play games like this on your phone. Yeah, it, and it. Works pretty damn well for like certainly. I didn't use it as much as I would have liked to, um, mm-hmm. but it definitely because some of the phone games, um, were are really cool. Like, you could have played Call of Duty, I think, for a short period, and in Fortnite, you could have played yeah. on your phone yeah. for a while. And then, uh, they have PUBG, yeah. The, a lot of people play PUBG, and it's I tried playing it, and I'm just like, you know, my hands are too big for my phone, and I'm just. Well, that's like, why you get something like this. this. You can use the actual yeah. controller. Yeah, and that's it what worked. I need to do. Oh my gosh, I hear my son yelling downstairs. I think he's playing games with his cousins. <laughs> I told him I was going to play with him after we talked, and. Uh, <laughs> I can well, we are him. we are pushing that one hour. Um, oh, all right. I did not that I want the conversation to end, but I got no, no Christmas I, I, party and. I should no. I told him I was gonna go play uh, tonight with him. So yeah. after his game, because he, it's uh, I don't get to spend a lot of time with him. He's not yeah. really home all the time. You know, kids are busy these days, man. They're always doing something. <laughs> yes, yeah, with yeah. school and sports and 
in music lessons and everything else. So I'm gonna try to spend as much time as I can with him. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have wait? Do you have kids? I have a dog. Oh. <laughs> and scene. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. I'm gonna. Oh, cool, I'm man. gonna I'm gonna throw you backstage in the show, and then I'll see you in a second. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. It. Appreciate. I yes. Thank you very much. Well, everybody, that marks the end of episode two. Thank you all for coming. Had a great time talking to TJ. Such a great opportunity for him to come on the show. Thank you, everybody who came in to watch. If you missed it live, eventually you're gonna start realizing that I do these shows. And I will see everybody probably on Twitter in like an hour. Thank you guys.